0: Please open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1 for our scripture reading today. We'll be reading Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 23. Um, So you can also open up your online bulletins on our website as well, and you can follow along with the sermon outline at this time too. So Matthew 1, chapter Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Amen.
1: Some of you know
0: Brad Paisley
1: as Peyton Manning's friend on nationwide insurance TV commercials, but that is not actually Brad Paisley's real job. His real job is to be a country music singer. One of Brad Paisley's most famous songs is a song called He Didn't Have to Be. It's a song about a young man's stepfather. The song begins with a five-year-old boy remembering the first time that he met the man that he now calls dad. Nothing is mentioned in the song about the boy's father, his actual father. It is obvious that the real father just left his mother and son behind. Later in the song, the boy grows into a young man and he reflects on all that his stepfather has done for him. The young man says, looking back, all I can say about all the things he did for me is I hope I'm at least half the dad that he didn't have to be. The song then is a comparison of the two fathers in the boy's life. The young man's father was non-existent. He just left his son behind. But the stepfather was different. He was much more of a father to the young man than the real father ever was. And when the young man thought about his own newborn son, his greatest wish was that he could be half the dad that his stepfather didn't have to be. A few weeks ago, we looked at some of the mothers in Jesus' genealogy in Matthew chapter 1. It was amazing to see how many of Jesus' ancestors came from Gentiles and immoral people and outsiders to the people of God. But God, in his grace, included even these people within the family line of Jesus. Today, we're going to see in Matthew chapter 1 that Jesus had two fathers. But unlike in Brad Paisley's song, both of Jesus' fathers were very good. We will also see that Jesus' real father was God, And Jesus' adoptive father was Joseph. I want us to think about Jesus' two fathers this morning. Thinking about these two fathers of Jesus will help us to understand the meaning of Christmas. Let's look then at what the two fathers of Jesus teach us today about the meaning of Christmas. First of all, the fact that Jesus has two fathers means that Jesus is God. We first learn that Jesus' Father is God in Matthew 1 and verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Joseph and Mary were engaged, but as part of God's chosen people, they would not sleep together until their wedding nights. However, while they were engaged, Joseph found that Mary was pregnant. He saw the baby bump, and his heart must have sunk. He knew that he was not the father. So who could the father be? We see in verse 18 that God the Holy Spirit was the father of Jesus. The human life growing in the womb of Mary was a supernatural miracle performed by God. The child Jesus is literally God. Of course, Joseph did not know that at this time. How could he? A baby conceived within a virgin does not happen every day. Joseph then assumed that some other man was the father of this child. And we see Joseph's plan as far as Mary was concerned In verse 19, he resolved to divorce Mary quietly. The engagement of a couple in Jesus' day was legally binding. If you wanted to break off an engagement, then you needed to get a divorce. Joseph wanted a quiet divorce. He wanted to spare Mary from the disgrace that would come to her reputation of a public divorce. And he also wanted to spare Mary from the legal proceedings of someone suspected of committing adultery. But then God changed Joseph's plans by means of a dream. For the second time in three verses, we read in verse 20 that the Holy Spirit is the Father of Jesus. An angel said to Joseph in that verse, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So the angel assures Joseph that Mary has not been unfaithful. He lets Joseph know that her child has been supernaturally conceived. God the Holy Spirit is the Father. Well, if God the the Holy Spirit is the Father of the child, what does that mean for the child himself? We find out in verse 23 where Matthew quotes a prophecy from Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So who is Jesus? He is God. He is God with us. Jesus, then, is not merely a prophet pointing the way to God. Instead, Jesus is God himself who has come to find us. One of the most famous interviewers in our country is Larry King. For 25 years, Larry King, every night, conducted interviews on CNN. And so one day somebody approached Larry King and asked him, If you could select any one person across all of history to interview, who would it be? Larry King said that he would like to interview Jesus Christ. And so Larry King was asked, well, what would you like to ask Jesus? And he said, I would like to ask him if he was indeed virgin born. The answer to that question would define history for me. So why was it so important for Larry King to know if Jesus was indeed born of a virgin? Because if Jesus was born of a virgin, that would mean that Jesus' Father was God. And if Jesus' Father was God, that would mean that Jesus is Emmanuel. Jesus is God with us. How staggering is that? God became a human being. And if that were really true, that Jesus was born of a virgin, that really would define history. Jesus' birth of a virgin would define history because it would give to all of us hope. I like the name of our church, Hope Baptist Church. We are people of hope. Why? I find that when people talk about God, they usually see God in one of two extremes. Some people see God as only holy. But a God who is only holy would never have been born of a virgin on Christmas Day. This holy God would have demanded that we get our act together and shape up that we be moral enough, that we be good enough to deserve a relationship with God. Other people, on the other hand, only see God as a God of love. This is much more natural in our society today. And so when we sin against God, when we hurt other people, God just looks the other way and gives us a giant hug because he loves us so much. That's how many people view God today. But a God who is only love would also have never been born of a virgin on Christmas Day either. Why bother? He's going to love you no matter what anyway. The fact is, though, that the God of the Bible is both a God who is holy and a God who is love. Because God is holy... Sin cannot be overlooked. It must be punished. And because God is love, he knows that we will never be good enough to build our own stairway to heaven. That stairway will always fall short. We will never be good enough for God. So what did God do for us? He came down for us and did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Verse 21 says that the name of Mary's baby is Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means the Lord saves. We did not deserve to be saved because of our many sins and rebellions against God. But God in the person of his son Jesus saved us by dying on the cross for our sins, you no longer then have to be terrified of God. The holy God has sent his son to earth to die for your sins because he loves you. What a reason then we have for hope. God will forgive you if you turn away from your sin and ask him for that forgiveness. If you believe that Jesus died for you, you are no longer God's enemy. God will no longer hold your sin against you. He has brought you into God's very own family by his own blood. The fact that Jesus has two fathers means that Jesus is God. And the fact that Jesus has two fathers also means that Jesus is a human being. Matthew has made it clear in Matthew chapter 1 that Jesus' real Father was God the Holy Spirit. But in verse 21, we read about God's assignment for Joseph. The angel tells Joseph in that particular verse not to be afraid to take Mary home as his wife. And if Joseph took Mary as his wife, he would also be taking Mary's child, Jesus, into his home. Joseph, then, would become the legal, adoptive father of God, of Jesus. As a result of becoming the son of Joseph, Jesus then also would legally become the son of David, Joseph's most famous ancestor. Since Joseph had adopted Jesus as his son... Jesus then would be in the ancestral line of David, the one from whom the Messiah was supposed to come. We see then that Jesus has two fathers. His real father is God, but his adopted father was the human being, Joseph. And of course, Joseph's, or Jesus' mother or rather, was Mary, who was also a human being. Matthew 1 clearly teaches then that Jesus is both fully God and fully human. Why is it good news for you this Christmas that Jesus is both fully God and fully a human being? Because Jesus is fully God, Jesus then lived a perfect life on this earth. He lived a life that no other human being could Or would live. No human being is perfectly holy. We all sin. But Jesus was perfect. He was perfect because He is God. And because Jesus was perfect, He could also be the perfect sacrifice that we needed to pay for our sins on the cross. But Jesus is not just fully divine, Jesus is also fully a human being. And because Jesus is human, he can represent all of us before God. Jesus as a human being could be and would be the substitute that all of us need to pay for our sins. But practically speaking, what does it mean for us? And how you live your life today, that God became a human being in the person of Jesus. How does that change how you live? First, it means that every day we are to follow Jesus' example in living a life of sacrificial love. I'd like for us to read out loud together from Philippians chapter 2 and verses 5 and 6. Let's read together. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. As Christians, we live with a certain mindset. We are to be little Christs in our world, following in the footsteps of Jesus every day in how we live. And how did Jesus live? He entered into this world as God, but he laid aside the glory that he had as God in order to live as an ordinary human being among other ordinary human beings. He voluntarily then held back some of the power that he has as God in order to live among us as a human being. And yet Jesus, even though he was God, came to serve us. He came to serve ordinary humans like you and me. He even served people who hated him and misunderstood him. He did not demand to be treated like God. He even loved his enemies. And Jesus also loved the last, the least, the lowly and the losers among us. Jesus lived this way even though he was God. Do you? Do you love and serve people without power, without beauty, and without money? 25 years ago, a singer named Joan Osborne sang a song with some terrible theology called One of Us. The song implied that we human beings could be gods. It also raised other doubts about traditional Christian beliefs. So, yeah, that's bad. That is wrong. There is only one God. And newsflash, none of us are him. But even though I did not like the song, I loved the question that was asked in the chorus to the song. She asked, What if God was one of us? Just a slob like one of us. Just a stranger on the bus, trying to make his way home. When I heard that chorus, I wanted to shout at the radio to Joan Osborne, God was one of us. God is one of us. And his name is Jesus. How awesome is that? that our God became one of us. This is how Jesus lived his life on earth, as one human being among other human beings, not exalting himself above the rest of us, but as one of us, caring for us, caring for the lowly in this world. And in fact, that is how I am to live my life today. I'm not to live like I am some kind of a god, proudly exalting myself over others. I am to live my life as an ordinary human being, loving and serving other ordinary people. And a second practical way that I am to live my life as a human being, I am supposed to live... Because Jesus was and is human, I am supposed to run to Jesus when I suffer. Let's like to read out loud from Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 18. Let's read together. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Some people think that God has no clue what it means to suffer. God is up there in heaven where everything is perfect. What does God know then about my pain? What does God know about suffering? Actually, Jesus knows a lot about suffering. Jesus suffered when he came to earth. In fact, Jesus suffered more than anyone else ever has or will. And Jesus won the victory over that suffering in his death and his resurrection. So Jesus can help me. Don't believe the lie that God does not understand suffering. God has been to all of the hard places where you have been. God has been in the darkness where you are now. And Jesus made it through that darkness, and he came out the other side. The fact that Jesus is a human being who suffered makes this part of the message of Christmas. Finally, the fact that Jesus has two fathers means that Jesus is God with us. The fact that Jesus is God with us is why Matthew quoted from Isaiah 7:14 in verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Now clearly, Matthew believes that the virgin in Isaiah chapter 7 refers to Mary. And Emmanuel, in Isaiah chapter 7, refers to Jesus. Jesus is the one who is both fully divine and fully human, who has come to us to live among us, to save us. He would be the one who would come into the world to save us from our sins. This fulfills, according to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 22, the prophecy of Isaiah. Some Christians, though, when they take the time to actually read Isaiah 7 and 8, don't actually see Mary and Jesus in that passage. It looks like the virgin in Isaiah chapter 7 and 8 refers to Isaiah's fiance at the time. And it looks like the child that Isaiah and his wife would have after their marriage would be the Emmanuel, who would also go by the catchy name of Mahar Shalal Hashbaz. This child of Isaiah and his wife would be assigned to Israel's king Ahaz and to all of Israel that God was still with his people. By the time that that child grew up and would become a toddler, God would save his people from their many enemies all around them. And so if that is the case, how come Matthew said that this prophecy in Isaiah referred to Jesus and to Mary? Because sometimes prophecies in the Old Testament have two fulfillments. They are partially fulfilled in persons or events in the Old Testament. But then, later, a prophecy is fulfilled, or filled full, as it were, in the person of Jesus. God let Israel know that he was still with Israel in Isaiah's day by saving Israel from their powerful enemies by the time that Isaiah's fiancé had gotten married and then conceived a child in the natural way, and then the child had grown up and become a toddler. But how much more did God let us know that he is still with us by sending a child who more gloriously and more miraculously was actually born of a virgin, conceived of a virgin. How incredible is that and a child born to Mary would not just save us from the enemies in the nations around us do you know what Jesus has saved us from? Jesus saves us from sin Jesus saves us from death Jesus saves us from hell Jesus saves us from Satan from guilt from condemnation, from judgment, from shame, and from many other of our greatest enemies. Church is God with us. He is with us in the person of Jesus. Truly, God is with you today in Jesus Christ. That is part of the meaning of Christmas that we can't miss. God is With us. How great is that? So what does it mean for us as Christians that God is with us in Jesus? It means that God is always near. No matter what is happening in my life, God himself is near to me. Think about how Jesus came to earth at Christmas. God, Jesus did not come to earth as an adult man. Rather, this picture shows you how Jesus came. Jesus came to us as a baby. And little babies want to be near their parents. Babies love to be picked up, to be hugged, to be kissed. And they love with their little fingers to latch on to their parents. Babies love to cling to you. Babies love to be near their parents. And at Christmas, God showed us that he wanted to get near to us. As near as a baby is to his parents. God literally moved heaven and earth in order to get close to us. so today, God is so near to me that I can hear him speaking to me as I read the Bible. And God is so close to me that I can speak to him as I pray. And I would also say God is so near to me that I can feel his presence here as we worship together as God's people on Sundays. Do you know what comes to you as you feel God near you? Joy. I remember when both of my sons were born, I had the same reaction. I cried. I cried tears of joy when my boys were born. I cried to be near to someone that I loved so much and someone who loved me so much. Now, I have to be honest with you, joy is not something that comes naturally to me. When my children were born, I naturally had joy. But much of the time in this world and in this life, I'm I'm not naturally a joyful person. I need the Holy Spirit of God to fill me with joy. Many times, in dark times especially, I have to fight for joy. I've especially had to fight for joy in the year 2020. I have to fight off the darkness on a regular basis. So what is it that brings me back to a joyful place? How do I get to the place where I find joy? Remembering Christmas. The God of the universe wants to be near to me. Can you believe that? Is that incredible? God wants to get close to me. He sent his son Jesus at Christmas to forgive me of my sins. He sent Jesus to get close to me. Isn't that wonderful? God wants to be so close to me. God wants to speak to me. And he wants me to speak to him. He wants me to experience the joy that comes from a relationship with him. So God the Father sent Jesus to earth to be born of a virgin on Christmas Day. And then God sent along the human being Joseph to adopt Jesus and to be his earthly father throughout Jesus' days on earth. These two fathers of Jesus, God the Father and Joseph, Remind me that Jesus is both fully divine and fully human. Jesus is God with us. And because Jesus is with us, we can be near to God and we can have joy. That is the meaning of Christmas. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, how grateful we are that you have come to earth to get close to us. Thank you that you get close to us even though we have rebelled against you, we have sinned against you. You still love us and you offer us forgiveness through your sacrifice on the cross. God, how grateful we are that you have sent to us Jesus, Emmanuel. For those who are in darkness today, I pray that you would break forth with light. Pray that you would bring us all joy as we remember that you have come close to us in Jesus Christ. In your great name we pray, amen.